the Endurance Asia podcast. Yo, take your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Endurance Asia podcast. I'm your host, Scott Pugh, and this week we got to catch up with Tomokazu Iharasan, fresh off the back of, well, fresh. I don't know how you can be fresh after running 54 hours, but if anyone can be fresh, it's Tomo-san off the back of running the Hong Kong Four Trails Ultra Challenge. We caught up with him just a couple of days after. We are slightly late in publishing, but uh, the story is still an incredible one to behold. Um, And it was was such a great weekend following the uh, HK4 TUC.live tracker. I recommend even now going back and checking out the URL and watching the dots it's uh, amazing to replay but the uh, the story behind the dots is shared by Tomo on this uh, uh, on, on this interview today and the him working with Nugo towards the very end of the challenge and he was in his wake most of the way and hearing how they both he supported him and helped him towards the end and um, it was a pretty scary uh, scary situation for Nugo at some point there and uh, but yeah we hear Tomo's side of that and uh, and also Rick and I catch up towards uh, towards the end to discuss some of the other incredible athletes that uh, found themselves to the start line at Tunmun and for those that got to both finish and survive and meet the green post box in Mui Wo. Uh, another amazing year was 2023 of the Hong Kong Four Trails. And uh, we, yeah, we love following. We love, I got to be out there supporting the athletes on, on the day and, uh, and seeing them out on the trails. So um, with that, let's, uh, let's have Mr. Tomo Kazu Iharasan. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Tomo Kazu Iharasan, welcome back on to the Endurance Asia podcast. How on earth are you doing, sir? This is three, four days out from you finishing once again the Hong Kong Four Trails uh, Ultra Challenge. How are you doing? Living the dream start. God, I am so, so proud, so impressed. And it was incredible seeing you. Well, I didn't see it personally. I saw it online, but to see you, I saw you on the trails, but to see you hit that green post box again, how did it feel to have achieved the challenge once again? Um, Yeah, it was really great to be back. when I first ran in 2019, it was a special moment. And um, from there, I've been in love with um, Hong Kong Four Trails. I think you're in love with the Hong Kong Four Trails as well, Scott. I know how you you love it. <clears throat> I do too. And um, um, I wanted to challenge back in 2021 uh, at the Alumini, but you know, the COVID hit and um, the internationals were not able to challenge in 2021 and uh 22 but finally after all like 
four years um, I've been waiting um, to do it again. And um, again, it was just a special place. After all this long journey, you've been running for 228K, more, more than 50 hours, seeing Andre, paper, the Greek Post, my crew, my friends, all my Hong Kong friends, all there waiting for you. And when I finished, it was almost like 1 a.m. in the <laughs> morning where there's no ferries and they need to be at home, but um, they were just there to, to just see me finish. And um, it's just more than words. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the last, the last few hours of the event were... Were, were, were incredible to follow for those that were dot watching it was uh yeah it was really intense and, and to call dot watching intense shows in like how crazy it was but uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment um you you originally took on the challenge in 2019 you uh had on that occasion just finished hurt 100 like a week before and Hurt 100, for those that don't know, is one of the toughest 100-mile ultras in the US. It's a, quite an iconic race. It's five laps of a very technical course on uh, on Honolulu. I think it's on the main, it's on the main Honolulu Island. And um, on that occasion, it was a training run for you uh, in preparation for the Barkley Marathons, which... Those don't know is probably the toughest. I believe the toughest ultra race in the world, and um, and on that occasion you turned up and you finished first time round. But I think on that occasion you also realised what a difficult challenge it really is. Uh, you're expecting a training run for Barclays, and you were met with what was i can imagine one of the hardest races you like challenges you've ever done um you came back again in 2020 right and you were supporting tomo like uh, you were you were supporting andre to uh to to run the challenge um yeah i'm interested in hearing like you, you obviously said it means a lot to you but like what does this race and challenge mean to you so in 2019, as you said, um, I came for a training run for um, my Barclay marathons. I, I'm like, I'm laughing at because for, for many people, like this challenge is like the, the, the epitome of their whole trail running career. And for you, it was a training run. Yes, yeah, so I, I think I was immature at that point where um, I didn't know anything about the Hong Kong for Charles. I didn't know how special this was. It's not a race, it's a challenge. It's, it's something special you, um, not all, a lot of people can challenge because there's so limited people that can challenge almost maybe 25 to 30 people. And I was the one that was chosen with, and with that immature <laughs> thought about going right after Hurt, just a training run for Barclay. Um, I felt the pain during the, during the Hong Kong, during the run in 2019 and thought how I was stupid <laughs> about myself. But I had a great crew uh, and um, 
it was not for me at that point where I was over my limit. It was for my friend. It was for my family. It was for someone other than me that I, I wanted to finish uh, on behalf um, because if I did not have them, their help, um, I wouldn't be moving. So I learned a lot from that lesson in 2019. And um, after, the, after arriving to the Green Post in 2019, I thought, what a, what a, what a experience. And um, since then, um, I've been in love with the Hong Kong Fur Trails, with Andre and how what paper does to the community. You know, um, it, it's not a racing, you don't pay any entry fee, um, there's no trophy, but um, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge, ultimate challenge, and also unique with unique rules. And um, yeah, um, that's why I came back in 2020. Nevertheless, I, I was not going to run. I just wanted to help. If Andre or Pepo needs help, I wanted to be there to just be able to um, help a little bit for them. I know how, how hard it is for them too. Yeah, and I think that that's a big part of the event, right? Is that Andre and Paper they 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 they, don't, they do it on their own without any real they have some volunteers to help but there is a you know they there's you know they don't charge for it for, for andre it's like a labor of love you know and, yes um, and for you to come back in 2020 and just support and and that year that we had nhk were the major tv station in japan were uh actually filming the events and mm -hmm. Yeah, like just come back and support, like shows really your like yeah, the association you have with the challenge. And and for someone like you, Tomo, that is um, you know, on your quest for a hundred miles hundred times, mm -hmm. like to run a hundred uh, mile races or challenges in your in uh in your lifetime, uh it shows that you know the community side of the event and uh yeah, and, and, and kudos to you. But you, but so for the tenth edition, which was on the Four Trails uh, documentary, you were planning to come back then, and and the fact that uh, COVID hit, um, you weren't able to join. So you're you've deferred a couple of years. What what made you come back in uh, in this year? What was it in 2023 that's made you go? Because I like. You're my coach. Like I speak to you fortnightly, and uh, and you had plenty of other races you could do. Like how how come and what inspired you to come back in 2023? Yeah, so um, I see the guys who challenge the four trails are all in at their own level, and um, I saw that with the uh, Breaking Sixty documentary. I saw that with. 2019 2020 and I, I I see it in social media um, so I wanted to be a part of all in as well I wanted to put all myself in and see how deep I can go um, to, to my limits with um, my past experience um, so I wanted to see what outcome I can do if I'm all in for Hong Kong Fort Shells because the last time I did was a 
uh, a training, <laughs> not to be rude, but a training run. Yeah, and obviously since you did it, you've um, you had a children came back and broke fifty. Uh, you um, yeah, you, you there was quite a few incredible performances in those three years since you last mm. did it. So going into the challenge, what what had you set out as a as a new goal for it? Mm. Mm. So um, breaking fifty was my goal. Um, before so in last year as well as um, 2021, um, Jackie Lang broke the 50. And that was so amazing and such an incredible moment. I was watching. I wasn't there, but I was watching live. And also, Wohon Chong um, broke 48 hours last year. And that was an amazing point as well. Um, seeing what could be achievable by a human being that people might thought, think it's impossible was possible. And that was so inspiring for myself. And um, <clears throat> I wanted to, if, when I see things like that, um, I believe I, I can have at least chance to um, be part of it or achieve it if things go good. And um, that was kind of my motivation to be training on a daily basis that uh, I might be able to do that if things go well. So breaking 50 was just my only um, dream. And and you had a, an incredible training block going into it, right? So mm -hmm. you... Um, you you raced Doi in uh, which is the UTMB for Thailand uh, just two two months before, and then prior to that, you ran your own ultra the uh, last and uh, and did uh, 40, 42 laps in in that is that right? Yes, forty two hours. Yes, forty two laps. Forty two yes. hours. Uh, and then prior to that, you also uh, yeah. What was the yeah. you had a month um, before? That? That was a Sinets Five Mountain in Japan. That was a hundred miler, and in um, September was it? In September, yeah. and in May I had my um, Sainokuni One Hundred Mile, uh, which is uh, uh, known as the toughest uh, hundred mile um, race in Japan. Uh, yeah. um, so, and, and so, Doi, what number hundred mile races was that? Sixty four or sixty five? If you're hundred miles, hundred times, Doi was sixty four. Um, yeah, yeah. Four trail was sixty-five. We're, we're sixty-five. So, I mean, you and and you had actually got a place in Hurt One Hundred, and you were, which was mid-Jan, mm -hmm. and then when Andre invited you back to Hong Kong Four Trails, mm -hmm. you weren't going to make the same mistake of, uh, or not that it was a mistake <laughs> the first time around because you still mm -hmm. finished, but mm -hmm. you, you turned the Four Trails into an A race rather than a. Be yes, race. yes, yes, that's correct. So um, I was supposed to run the Heart 100, um, but I can't take both. You know, <laughs> I can't do I can't do the same thing as 2009. I'm not stupid as that. So um, yeah, I, I unfortunately deferred, um, not deferred, but cancelled Hurt, the one of the races I love as well. So that that was. Um, 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 yeah, a little bit uh, not disappointing, but it's uh, well, it's what I choose. But um, I love both um, the, the challenges anyway. But 
Uh, I've been waiting for uh, the Fort Trail so so much, and that um, yeah yeah I, I chose Hong Kong Fort Trails. Andre gave me a a, a message saying um, Hong Kong is eased up, easing up, yeah. and um, it really eased up more than like three months ago now. Like you can almost go into Hong Kong without anything like normal normal travel like three months six months before that you need to do the quarantine and you need to be at the hotel and stuff so um everything eased up so um yeah i, I thought i had a ch- chance to uh, come to the four trails and, and run it yeah yeah well um Certainly, doing her and then uh, and then Hong Kong four trials is uh, is no mean feat. But but actually, in reality, I, I I was messaging you beforehand, and you were like because uh, we were both supposed to run her together. Yeah, that's right. I, you, you you were sort of debating a little bit, and uh, and I said to you, what you know, what would be the best because because your lifetime goal is mm. to do Barclay, right? And mm. I was like. What will set you up better for doing Barclay? And you were, you responded immediately and said four trials, and and your decision was made then, right? Um, yes. But what what mate? Why do you think that uh, the Hong Kong four trials ultra challenge like sets you up for Barclay? Because obviously that is, in my mind, it's not obvious, but in my mind is 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 the hardest foot race, foot challenge in the world. Like I I don't think. I mean the the DNF rates like prove it, but it's the hardest challenge in the world. But what what do you feel that it's about the four Hong Kong four trials? I'll challenge that set you up for Barclay. Mm. Um, distance wise, it's very similar. Um, Hong Kong four trials is two hundred ninety eight k. Um, Barclay people know it as a hundred miles, but it's not actually 100 miles it's more than 100 miles i would say it's like 220 to 40k um i'm not going to go into detail about the barclay right now because um barclay if you run in a straight line you might get a short barclay but you need to navigate on your way so that makes it kind of difficult as well as makes it more distance than it could supposed to be so um, you need to be able to uh, run long, a lot of distance. So th- I think that is very similar to the four trails. And um, um, time-wise, um, the cutoff for the Barclay is uh, 60 hours. So um, I need to be able to at least run 60 hours with all the sleep deprivation, pain, um hot cold um sore whatever kind of um issues you might have in a ultra distance and um you, you know the barclay the fastest time is still like 50 50 in, in the 50 hours right more um so that means that um and and 15 people have only finished in the in the past and that proves that one five one one five so that means that i'm not going to be showing up saying i'm going to finish in 40 hours i think i should be at least not finishing or or just at the finish um so i need to be capable of being able to 
move myself for like 60 hours and that kind of um, the hours. And for a normal 100 mile, I would finish under 24 hours or some might take a, a little bit more than 30 hours. So it is tough, but it needs to, I need to be able to be more tougher to be able to suck in 200 miles um, rather than one. So Hong Kong for Chelsea is like almost 200 miles and it's very tough. Um, so I, I think um, I, I need to be able to challenge the four shells or able to finish it, or at least I'm not going to be at the level that I'm going to be able to finish Barclay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of associations that... Um... <laughs> Now, I, I see between the Hong Kong Four Trails Ultra Challenge and, and Barclay. Um, so going to going into this year, you get like getting to the start line. What and it must have been amazing because this is the first year that everyone started at the same time, but but that time changed mm -hmm. just two days before, three days before, Andre decided to move it to an evening start. Yeah. How did that both affect your preparation, but or how did that affect your mindset going into the race? Because similar to the Barclay, you don't know what time you start until last, yes. like, yep. uh, lets everyone know. And, mm -hmm. and although it's been fairly consistent in the last few years, it's normally a morning start. And he, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, how, how did Andre moving the start time to 6.15 in the evening affect both your preparation and your mindset going into the challenge? Mm. First, I thought Andre was fooling us to mess us around. <laughs> so I was just kind of um, laughing in my heart, say, okay, Andre's trying to um, mess us around uh, before the race and just confuse us. Um, but uh, um, Andre was not, um, not, not like that. Um, he, he, yeah, he changed, he changed the um, time, really changed the time. And I, I didn't get it until the uh, very um, like like two days before, and um, yeah, I, um, like it doesn't really hit my head. It, what if it starts in the morning or evening? It's just the same for me um, because you need to do it anyway, right? <laughs> so. Um, um, Yes, um, the the time for arriving, like the major points, like the Shatin Pass noodles, or the MTR, or the ferry times will change. But other than that, it, um, there's not really so much change um, um, because Max gonna be a night instead of a day. Wilson's gonna be a a day instead of a night. So um, that, that would be the change. And I thought like, when I ran the for, first Mac in 2019, it was so hot. So for me, it was like, oh, it's gonna be a cool Mac. That would be cool because I don't want to kind of um, use up my legs at the beginning or my, my, my strengths, right? So I thought that would be cool. But um, after, after thinking about that, I thought, 
wait a moment, Wilson's going to be day, so that's going to be hard. <laughs> so, uh, um, um, at the end, it, uh, yeah, I don't know, it, 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 it's the same. But when when Andre said that, um, um, this, he gave me the same question after the finish. Um, he said that um, yes, doing it at night at the start gives it like three nights, yeah. and. So that, yeah, that, 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 that's kind of hard, I, I would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, having the Mac in at night time is, it could potentially be a benefit. Uh, having said that, it poured it down with rain at, towards the end mm -hmm. of the Mac, right? The weather mm -hmm. was really bad in the night. Like, yeah. uh, you started at 6.15, and I don't know exactly what time, but you had torrential <laughs> rain. Mm -hmm. uh, how did that? Uh, how did that part of the uh, how the challenge go? Oh, I thought Andre was able to control the rain. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a beautiful video when you actually get to the ferry and uh, and you see you see Andre and you were like, I didn't realize that you could control the weather as well and make it even harder for us. Yeah. So when it started to pour rain, I wasn't expecting that rain, so I didn't take a heavy rain jacket. I did take a jacket of course but i didn't take a heavy one so i was looking at the sky and just thinking oh andre come on you make it rain at this point all right this is a challenge so let's take this challenge and um, let's move on so was, where were you at that point i was at saiwan okay yeah so the beach uh, so towards the end of the map but it's still in the middle of the night right and uh and it would have been a bit colder, and uh, and so yeah, that must have been difficult. Um, you finished the Mac in a in a pretty decent time. Like you were you were like on track, pretty much, maybe like fifteen minutes behind. Uh, uh, Forty five minutes behind. Um, it, my my goal was thirteen thirty, um, and I was fourteen fourteen or fifteen, so forty five minutes, I think. But um, I I. I I didn't really care care about that because it was going to be a night. If it was a day, I could have made it or may, maybe not. But I, it, the the journey is so long, so you can't make it like just 30, 13 hours, 30 minutes. It can like delay a bit of an hour. I, I thought one hour of delay is uh, 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 still okay. I could, I could take that back at Wilson if I'm good um, yeah. because my goal to finish Wilson was uh, including the Mac was 28 hour 30 minutes so if I can meet that goal nevertheless the, my time for Mac will change or Wilson will change overall time if it's 28 or 29 or 30 that is still kind of um, doable yeah yeah uh, and I agree. It's a it's a long challenge, and forty five minutes is not. Uh, you know, you can make that up in the transitions. You can make that yes. up in the, on the course. But still, when you've got a really ambitious goal of fifty hours, and as uh, Solomon showed in the twenty twenty one year, like when you, when you're behind mm -hmm. uh, your plan. You end mm -hmm. up like chasing it, and psychologically, it's quite difficult. Like, did it affect you much knowing that you were then playing catch up to what your actual goal was at that point? And as you transitioned to the Wilson, mm -hmm. 
I, I'm a kind of a data guy like you, Scott. So I like to open up my Excel and kind of um, do my time schedule. And I, I micromanagement my time schedule. So I was very um, specific with what kind of time I want to be. And um, I knew that I needed to be 13 hours, 30 minutes for Mac, 15 hours for Wilson, seven hours for Hong Kong, um, 11 hours for Lantau. My transition for from um, Mac to Wilson needed to be 45 minutes. Uh, Wilson to um, Hong Kong could be 25 minutes. Um, the, the ferry, um, I yeah, it, the, it really depends on the ferry. So I had a buffer for an hour and 30, 30 minutes for the most. And um, yeah, it was very tight. I knew it was very tight. And um, I knew that everything needs to go perfect. And um, yeah, I knew it was gonna be very tight for me maybe too much for me, <clears throat> but while doing the event, you, you can't be like that because it's gonna miss you. You can't chase the time. You need to listen to yourself or else um, you, you, you're, not gonna, you're, gonna, you're not gonna achieve anything at the end. So um, I did have a very specific goal in my head, but while I'm running, I was very brief or um, more soft with my, 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 my goals because things happen during a ultra. And I, I've run 6,500 miles and there's no 100 miles that things didn't happen. Things will happen, definitely it's going to suck you into the deep sometime. Um, so you can't predict it. it. You need to listen to yourself at that moment and then try to figure out. I, I think that's a fun point. You know, if you try to chase someone or fight with someone, that's not you, that's they. Um, you need to be you uh, to be running a... a, a a good, good ultra. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I think that's fantastic advice, Tomo. I think for anyone that is running any race, there th there has to be different levels of goals. Yes, you have to have an A goal. Like you have to like whether it be run a marathon, whether it be run a half marathon, whether it be run a, a like uh, an Ironman or whatever. You've got your A goal, but when you mm. realise that that might be out of reach. It can't be a goal or DNF. Yeah. You know, th there has to be, you have to readdress your goals on the fly. Like with, yes. without giving up on the goal, you can't, you can't just go like, okay, well, that's it. I'm out. And, and, and Solomon proved that in, in 2021. He only had one goal. There was only mm -hmm. one goal, which was breaking mm -hmm. 50. And, and he buried himself to mm -hmm. try and get that time. And he very, very, very nearly DNF when he realised he couldn't do that when he got onto the Hong Kong Trail. But it shows it's a testament to the uh, to the, the the sheer will and like essence of the guy that he carried on even when there wasn't a B or C goal. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I saw you at the Wilson as you arrived on Hong Kong Island. 
uh, the last 10k, which is the, probably the toughest 10k of that 80k trail. And uh, you, you were surrounded by uh, paparazzi. It was it was as though I was like uh, meeting a, uh, a film star that was coming <laughs> off the, uh, the MTR, ready to go onto the trail. Like, um, and at that point, you were probably an hour past behind your your mm-hmm. goal time, maybe an hour and a half. Um, and and it's been a tough day on the Wilson. A lot of people complained about the the weather specifically on Patson Lane which is one of the most exposed but beautiful parts of the Hong Kong Four Trails Ultra Challenge um and it'd been a tough day for many of the competitors so and like how were you feeling at that point uh 170k into the challenge mm. uh I slowed down from Wilson um I had some like um Got issues, and I know the weather was very hot, so I was really slowing slowing down. So <clears throat> I knew my breaking fifty was getting a little bit uh, behind. Um, so um, I was, a, of course, I was in a really pain cave. Yeah, um, it, it really hurt because I was here to break fifty, but that's kind of go gently going away and away away from myself and I see it going away from me but um yeah um that doesn't mean that I'm gonna quit um if that's the case I, I need to first forget about my, my goal and start listening to your body and um, make yourself move again so I was um, kind of desperate to find what's wrong, how can I fix it, how can I go to um, the 7-Eleven, because that's kind of the first aid station after you start Wilson. So once I get there, um, the, the kind of the, uh, the, not the aid station, but the lead mine pass where the water and the vending machine is and um, everything gets closer, the, where the water points and um, where you can get so, so drinking supply so that my first goal was to kind of think of how can i get to um 7-11 with this situation over Pati Lang and then um yeah going that cloudy hill and uh, i think that was the most challenging point um so i slowed down and um i just forgot forget about my pace that i need to be running for my breaking 50 but um i just slowed down and so tried to eat, um gently um solve my problems and, and bring myself up so that i can eventually run at the end of wilson so um at the time i got to taiku where i i, I saw you I, I solved i did solve my problem uh, um, um at the uh, at the 7-Eleven, and after that, um, things went well. So, um, yeah, I was I was in the second half of it. I mean, you were moving well. You were you were you were on a mission at that point, but it, and you'd picked up a, a load of uh, dim sum, and you were like feeding. You were able to eat, hold food down, and at that point, we're going into the second night, um, and you were moving strong, uh, but mm. it was also the toughest part i i believe one of the toughest part of the whole course where you go over um to park view big climbs park view and then you've got the twins mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh, and it was becoming like, uh, yeah, it was coming evident that like fifty hours was was a bit out of uh, out of mm. reach. But you uh, met your uh, support crew at the end of Hong Kong Trail mm. to transition to um, at the end of Lantau to transition to Hong Kong Trail. And uh, how did you feel setting off on the uh, on the Hong Kong Trail? You're in the middle of the second night, which is notoriously challenging from a sleep deprivation from uh, like you you know it's when the hallucination starts to come in mm-hmm. uh so how were you feeling setting off there yeah it was really great to see my crew which it was hamai san um, who supported me in 2019 and ludovic this year um ludovic it's very interesting that um i met ludovic during doyintanon and i didn't know ludovic until then and while we were running at the beginning of Dointanon, he said, um, are you Tomo? And yes, I said, yes. And um, um, we, we used to share the same coats, running coats. So that's why he knew him. He knew myself. He heard about myself from his coats. And, um, and we were just chatting uh, general things. And um, I told him that um, I was going to run um, the four shells. And he said, I live in Hong Kong. so." If you want my help, give me a call. And then um, two weeks prior to the four trails or three weeks, I think, um, I still was not able to find my driver. Um, my son was my crew, but I was not able to find someone with a car. <clears throat> so I remembered about Ludovic and then I messaged Ludovic saying, um, can you help me out? And he said, I was waiting for your e- your message. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, that was such a cool moment and where uh, we, we came up with Team Tomo and um, Ludovic was driving and um, Hamai-san was uh, my crew. And I surely had the, the fastest driver <laughs> out of uh, the 25 participants, which um, Andre told me and uh, I was laughing. Um, so my crew was waiting at Wilson and yeah, each trail is such long. Mac is 100K, Wilson is 78 and Hong Kong is 50 and um, Lantau is 70. And the, the, the moment that brings you up is to see your crew because you've been running such a long time and distance and you're tired. Um, seeing your crew is such a, such a, such a special moment. And um, <clears throat> of course there were low moments that um, I was like uh, like two, two hours or an hour and a half behind my schedule. But they didn't say anything about me being late. They was just trying to encourage myself um, so that I can focus on my race. And um, they were just telling me that you're, you're gonna be okay. And um, once you pick it up, I know you can do it and you'll be on your schedule and um, the, your goal is still on game, uh, in the game. So um, that was very encouraging as well um, to, to, to have them encourage myself, uh, um, not only the Wilson, but at the ferry port at the, before the land tower. Yeah, well... I was on Hong Kong Island throughout the night, and that was actually my my sort of pitch, my uh, motivation for a lot of people that I saw running. I'm like, 
you've got 5k to go like towards they're all getting towards part of you i've got your 5k it's all you got is 5k and your crew's waiting for you they've got food they've got like drinks whatever drinks you want and like you'll have a chance to rest and it but that's one of the hardest five k's of the whole course and mm. uh and a lot of them like scoffed at me like yeah five k but like it's the twins but uh but yeah you smashed it you got back on the hong kong trail i got to see you again as uh and you i think you took like a little nap along the hong kong trail there's mm. the sleep deprivation but uh and you were in great form when i saw you and uh and then you powered on through to get down to the ferry a little bit once again it was like uh like wilson i think you were about an hour behind on wilson and mm. but hong kong trail you did pretty quickly only maybe 15 20 minutes behind um and you yeah got down to the ferry pier like how did you feel coming across to the across to Lantown? uh at, at that point you probably the 50 hours was out of reach realistically at that time it would have required you doing like a 10 hour or so Lantau. but how did you feel getting across to uh to Lantau island and muiwo before hong kong my goal was to get on the nine o'clock ferry but that didn't, that didn't um work out and it ended up in um, the 10 20 ferry and um while I was in Hong Kong, I, I, I was willing to do a, a run like 2019 where I ran it in six hours, 30 minutes, I think. Um, but that could, didn't happen. Um, I, my, I was strong, but the sleep demons <laughs> didn't help me. So as you said, I ha had a little nap on the catch water in between. And um, that kind of slowed down my, um, my, my goal time. And um, yeah. Um, but I was still pushing um, to my limits. Um, at that time, I would, just, I would say that um, breaking 50 was not kind of achievable, real, realistically. Um, so I kind of changed my mind to say maybe 52 hours or even not the time, but let's try to push myself and see what time I can achieve at the end. And um, that, and um, behind me was um, 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 Ryan, Whelan. Ryan, Ryan, and um, he was behind me. So and I, I knew I was kind of uh, he was chasing me. So um, yeah, I wanted to get on the um, earlier <laughs> um, ferry than Ryan, and um, also looking at the um, the GPS for Nugo. Um, he was um, kind of slowing down, so I wanted to catch up with him as well. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, this isn't a race; it's a challenge. You're challenging yourself, and, and yeah. you're pushing against your own personal limits. Um, mm. But there is an incredible group of athletes which turn up every year and mm. take on this challenge and you all you have to have respect for people that even like turn up uh but you were standing at the start line with Hugo and, and ryan both like both elites effectively like ryan obviously is a runner for gone running and uh and, and t8 and uh, he's uh from up to 100 kilometer, like one of the top ultra runners in uh, in Hong Kong. And then you go a, pre, a prior 
finisher in uh, in 54 hours. Um, yeah, unbelievable athlete. And, uh, and what incredible person as well, like just this beaming smile that like is just infectious. And I think for anyone that, uh, that witnessed him on the trail or saw him at any point, he just was bounding across with a smile on his face and like... Uh, yes. Just uh, an incredible human being, like really just amazing, amazing person from Nepal. Um, you running Lantau, he was he he was smashing it the whole way. It was it was a, like a couple of hours in front for many points, uh, or like an hour or so in front. Um, and and you basically you wouldn't have seen him across the whole of the challenge until you ran Lantau and were like pacing well but and the last 20 or 30k I believe is the toughest part of the entire challenge like as soon as you get to Io and have to head up to Nongping which the South uh, South Lantau Island country park uh, is notoriously difficult and challenging uh, and then after that you've got Lantau Peak and Sunset Peak two of the biggest hills in the entire uh, in the whole of Hong Kong, um, where, where, at what point did you crumb, come across Nugo? And for those that were dot watching, he was actually like moving backwards at certain points. We're like, what is going on? Like, what's Nugo doing? He was he'd really slowed down to a crawling pace, and so we're witnessing you and Ryan were like uh, kind of similar distance from each other, but Nugo was like moving backwards. It felt like. So, what at what point did you come across him? Mm. After I went past Tayo and started to climb that steep road hill and went up on the ridge, um, the, the, it started to become dark after like 6 p.m. And up there was very foggy, very, very thick fog. So um, with night and fog, the... The navigation is pretty pretty hard, I would say. Um, even though you have a, a the GPS watch uh, with your navigation in it, um, so I saw Nugo when I was on that kind of the kind of the steady ridge. Um, he came towards me. I didn't catch up with me. He came towards myself. So that's where I I saw Nugo, and, and, uh, and <clears throat> like obviously you're going like. You must have been like, who the, who the hell is this? Because they're obviously going the wrong direction. Mm. What, what did he think and what was that? What happened in that conversation? So during this four trails, there's a lot of spectators that cheer, cheer are cheering you. They're not, they're not helping you, but cheering you. For me as a Japanese, they say, Gamate! <laughs> and cheer me on. It's like, go, go, tomo. And um, there were some... Um, like marshals as well on the trails. So um, there's a mar marshal on the trails. So I thought it was either the spectators or the marshals. And um, when I get close, it's Nugo. So it's like, what? <laughs> Nugo, what the hell are you doing here? And, um, and Nugo is very confused and um, disoriented by the look I saw. So I, I was really worried and say, are you all right? 
because you don't look all right. And um, yeah, and um, Nugo um, said said he, he he's not sure where he's going. So I said, you're okay, you're, you're, you're with me. So um, first you look cold. So I gave my jacket um, so that um, he can warm up a bit. And I told him that you're going to be okay um, because I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm, I'm going to take you. And um, at that point, <clears throat> I know the four trails is not a race, but um, I thought let's let's forget forget about this for now and try to save Nugo and take him back to. Um, the finish or, or go to the green post together. That was, that was my thought at that, at that point. Yeah, so you, you're, uh, he was disorientated and moving in the wrong direction. Was he actually trying to get off the course or was he just like moving in the wrong direction, not knowing where he was? Yeah, he was not knowing um, his way. Um, but, but I can't be sure because... Um, um, I have limited English and he has limited English and uh, we were not kind of yeah. um, speaking the, maybe the same language, you know. He, he didn't have a smile on his face at that point, I can imagine. And he also didn't have, so as you say, you had to give him your jacket. Like he wasn't, he didn't have the right gear on as well. Like it was starting to get cold on Lantauan at that point. Uh, uh, he did have a, like a light windshield. If yeah. he was moving fast, that I think that would be enough. But if you're moving slow there, I think um, that would not be enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you carried on to Nongping, and you thought he was behind you or close by? No, so before Nongping, I met Nugo, and um, we were walking together. And... Um, um, I think Nugo was relying on his GPS on his phone um, where there was no signal up there. So um, I think he got lost once the signal was gone yeah. because he was, uh, I think, looking at the map that relied on the signal. Um, I think he was looking at the, the, uh, the map, the, the GPS live track that you were watching as well. Yeah. So, so um, I, I think that's why um, he got um, a little bit lost. And of course, he's been pushing so hard that um, I think um, he, he didn't have the 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 usual usual what you say usual knowledge or what what can I say? Um, I think he was tired. And um, so uh, one his phone rings and. Um, he, he was speaking to someone of his crew in uh, Nepalese. And then after his call, um, he gave me back my jacket and say, Tomo, let's, let's race. And um, um, so um, we started to race. Um, so um, he became like, okay, um, after a while. Um, and then we started to race. That's why on the dot live tracker, you see me and Nugo going back and forth, trying to kind of racing our way to, to the finish line. And um, we kind of raced together um, from um, almost near to Tayo to um, 
where we met to um, Phnom Ping, and I and we were almost together at Phnom Ping, and uh, we saw each other at Phnom Ping. And um, when I was arrived Phnom Ping, um, I, I I was uh, expecting the 7-Eleven to open, be open, but it was actually a 7-Eleven that closes at 11 o'clock. <laughs> I think so. That's why it was not open. So I was like, "What the heck? I don't have water, and I need to get water." And I tried to, to find a, a bathroom to get some water at least. Um, but while I was finding the bathroom, I saw a little store still open. So um, I went in there and asked whether I could get some, buy some soda and water. And they said, "Oh, this is open, so you can buy." So I got my. I drank a, a bottle of um, a soda and Fanta and I got some water for the rest of my way. And um, while I was waiting there, I was, I, I was expecting Nugo to come in because um, I guess he, he should not have any water like me because we've been running for such a long time and, um, and um, speed that <laughs> you kind of need water. But um, he didn't come in, so... Uh, I got um, worried and saw the phone and um, yeah, he he passed the store and he moved on. So um, I thought we were, he was still racing with me. So I chased him and um, tried to catch up with him. And um, yeah, I kind of pushed myself to the limits because yeah he was pushing as, as well so that was kind of fun because yeah we were kind of on and um while um, climbing up lantau peak i could kind of see his lights that he could have looked back back at me it was very very foggy with very thick fog but I, I kind of could see the light and I kind of could hear his steps. I, I, uh, and um, I was just pushing hard, 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 hard. When I got to the top of Lantau Peak, I couldn't still catch up with him. And then um, looking down at Lantau Peak, um, I turned off my light uh, to see where he might be, but I couldn't see his light. So I was thinking, Wow, Nugo's so fast. <laughs> I need to push much more harder. So I pushed myself on the downhill as well, trying to catch up with him. When I got to the bottom of Lantau Peak to the road, I couldn't see him. I tried to go up Lantau, uh, the, sun, the Sunset Peak and push hard on the uphill. I couldn't see him. So I kind of gave up at the top of Sunset Peak because... He's not, he's so fast and um, yeah, um, I, can, I can't catch up with him. And, um, and then when I went down Sunset Peak um, and I went to the road, the last 3K, um, I kind of heard the Andres cowbell. I kind of heard it. And uh, I knew that like 3K, okay, six minute, a kilometer, he was he took he was like he took 18 minutes ahead of me on that last section from Nong to the end. And I was like, wow, Nugo's 
so fast. And then, um, okay, then um, he went. And um, I just pushed myself on the last roll, trying hard as I can um, so that I can all out as well. And um, I finished at Green Post at 54.02. And um, when I got there, everyone was celebrating me. Hey, Tomo, great job. And it was really great to see Andre. And um, during the conversation, there were some points that I, it was kind of strange that they were telling me I was I was the first one to finish, and um, I, I I really couldn't get that until the very end because I was always thinking Nugo was ahead of me from Nanping, so that was that was very strange. But yeah, in reality, he was actually you'd passed him at Nanping, and so he's behind you. And so you're you're chasing the invisible man for the last uh, like uh, 15k across Lantau and, and Sunset Peak, which actually must have been a really good thing that because that was pushing you um, when you there was you really you were in front but you were still pushing an incredible pace, mm-hmm. thinking that he was uh, he was in front of you. Um, in reality, he was uh, like, and we were following and dot watching, and actually very concerned for his safety because he started to go up Lantau Peak and was just um, like slow and like uh, and yeah, and then and then on to Sunset Peak, and we actually uh, and Andre like actually sent out a uh, a rescue team to try and just get him off the mountain when he was on Sunset because. He was going forwards, backwards, completely disorientated. Um, did you notice when you when you came across him? Like you obviously gave him your your uh, your waterproof jacket, but did you realize how bad a shape he was in? Yes. Yeah, so when I saw him, he was. I thought it was like, what the heck? So I need to take this guy back together to the Green Post, and we're going to get together. And I told Nugo that let's go together. And um, we were walking for like 30 minutes. And then suddenly his phone rings. And then he was speaking to his crew in um, um, Nepalese, I think. Nepal, he's from Nepal, so Nepalese. And then um, he gives me back his, my jacket, saying, everybody and my crew is waiting for me. So I need to go. So Tomo, thank you very much. Let's race from here. And um, I was like, okay, are you sure? Really okay? But um, he just ran away. So I was like, okay, he's, he's, he's okay. Okay, so let's, let's race. And then I started to follow Nugo and um, started to race. And I caught up with him. And we were pushing on those kind of rolling him i think there's five of them until you go to the end of the non the the, the road before the non-ping right yeah and I, I i caught him up in the last last second one and then he nico said tomo you can go ahead and i i went ahead and i pushed because he was pushing and then when i got to the end of the uh, the the road the beginning of the road i could still see nico sliding beh- behind me so we were really moving fast. We've been running for almost 200 and 
60 or 70K, and it was not a, at a speed that we should be moving. Um, I, I can't still imagine that we were doing that. Um, but when I was on the road, I could see, still see Nugo behind me, pushing, following me. And then it's kind of a long road where you go straight and then you go right. And then it just goes kind of for, forever. And um, when I <clears throat> arrived at the 7-Eleven, um, I wasn't able to see him, but I knew he was behind. And then when I got to the store, um, I was just taking my um, water and stuff. And um, like I said, um, when I looked at, I, Nugo didn't come to the store. So when I looked at my um, phone on that GPS tracker, um, he went ahead. So I was like, shit, <laughs> Nugo didn't get any water and he's just pushing to his limit <laughs> till the end. So, okay, I, I need to still push then. And then I was trying to, catch up with Nugo, but yeah, really. So at the end, um, un until that, uh, the very end, I didn't know I was in front. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and at the finish line, you came in, and once again, just a beautiful moment. I think that it was almost a deja vu from the 2019 of you were like very humble, like, uh, just very thankful of your crew and everyone that came out. And then, uh, and then you were like, oh, where's, where, where's Nugo? And you, uh, and, and it was like, well, he, he's not down yet. Like you're, yeah, you're first. And you're like, huh? Huh? <laughs> where, what? Where is he? No, 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 no. Where is he? And, uh, mm. and then you were like, oh, oh, I'm first. Mm. I'm first. <laughs> I'm like, and you're like, ah, oh, this made my day. This made my day. There's a beautiful video, an amazing moment, and I hope you've watched it back. But it's like, uh, it's quite special that you've been, it's not just made your day, you've been running for three days, but you're like, ah, oh, I'm like, uh, uh, I'm the first finisher. And uh, how did that feel at the time? Um, first, I felt happy because it made my day but suddenly after that i was very worried about nugo like holy shit we like i when i saw first time he was like disoriented and now he he became okay but now he's disoriented again what the hell did i do to him i was like very worried about nugo like um I, I, yeah i i said is he okay? Because when I saw him, he was disoriented. And, and um, when I asked that, they said, he's been moving back and forth in Sunset Peak. And I was like, oh shit, that's a big problem because that's how I think he was when I saw him. And um, um, it should be more colder up in Sunset rather than above Phnom Penh. And that really made me really worry that we should help him out as soon as possible. And I think that's where um, Andre sent um, several guys to Sunset to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, there was a team of people on the top of Lantau and like he sent them to go and find. And, and at that point, it was like, 
just get him off get him off the mountain like mm. like whatever by whatever means but like really concerned for his safety and the, the uh he obviously made it down but well it was pretty scary actually i think like um yeah like seeing i, I was in the whatsapp group and i was on a flight at the time but on a uh, i was like got the wi-fi and was seeing the messages and i think a lot yeah andre and the team were pretty pretty concerned for his safety because at that point it was very windy yes pretty cold yeah and obviously like 50 50 uh, odd so hours into the challenge and uh yeah, it was uh, it was pretty well. Luckily, obviously, he got down safely and uh, made it down. Not smiling as much as he had been during the whole of the challenge, but uh, yeah, wow, it was uh, yeah. Uh, I, and yeah, I think Ryan was not far behind him after finishing, and you hung around at the post box to see the a few people come in as well, right? Yes. Um, so I tried to see all of the. Um, participants who would um, finish or survive within 72 hours um, because that was kind of my one of the goals um, to do for this um, 2023rd event um, because um, we all have our own stories and um, it's such a long journey and um, everyone should have fun moments, tough moments, sore moments, sleepy moments, hungry moments, crying moments. And um, I just wanted to hear each and everyone's story, what what kind of happened to them. And um, uh, another goal I had for this year was to start from the very end, um, to listen to, to, to talk to everyone before um, I, I do my own job, to, to hear what, why they challenge and um, who are they um, there are ser- ser- several people i already know but several people i don't know um so i try to talk to 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 them and to the participants as as much as possible so that uh, i wanted to know why they challenge hong kong for shells and then at the end um, i wanted to know how their journey was yeah, I mean, so commendable, Tomo, that you hung around for, like, having done that yourself and finishing in 54 hours and then just waiting for the subsequent uh, 18 hours to see everyone cross the finish line and obviously going into Lantau Base Camp and they were open for the entire event and kudos to the team there, the Lantau Cycle Base Camp for hosting everyone. Um but yeah, incredible story, Tomo. Like, uh, um, congratulations. Like, uh, a really, albeit you didn't, uh, break 50, which was your goal, but mm-hmm. the fact you pushed on through and for what was pretty tough conditions in, uh, yeah, challenging, changing the start time and just the level of consistency you showed on the trails and just to keep moving. Uh, and the yeah and just being there for everyone as they also got to the finish line and got to the post box massive kudos to you sir um so inspirational and uh and you're beautiful to watch yeah th- th- thank you very much um I-, I think um we all pushed through our limits and um yeah like Talking about Nugo that he was um, pushing his limit at the, that kind of situation or maybe seeing hallucinating. 
I think I was hallucinating as well because I think I was hallucinating from Phnom Penh to the finish because I, I realized that you're chasing the invisible man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess I was in a um, hallucinating situation till the end as well from Phnom Penh. So I, I think I, I put my all in. Well, you've got a bit of recovery time. Look after yourself, Tomo. You uh, get, uh, enjoy the rest of the recovery. Congratulations. Thanks again for inspiring everyone and for uh, yeah, putting an incredible performance on, uh, on the Hong Kong Four Trails Ultra Challenge. And yeah, we, we look forward to seeing what you do next. Sure. Thank you very much. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Rick, how you doing? I'm good, Scott. How you doing, mate? I'm very well, very well. It's uh, we're a bit delayed in in getting this recap out and the discussion with Tomo, but uh, having dot watched over that weekend a couple of weeks ago, uh, what was it like listening back to to Tomo's experience? Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? I and mean, he's just such an inspirational figure. But um, yeah, I mean, you and I were just replaying the dot watching again, and it, it's it, I mean, it's, it's almost as good as watching the whole thing live because you forget just all the all the drama that goes down over that, um, you know, 72 hours. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Tomo is as, as sort of as much of a sure thing in a, in a long foot race as you're going to find, isn't he? Yeah. Having seen him out there on the course, he just moves so efficiently and consistently. And for this kind of challenge, that's what you need. You just need to keep on moving. And he's just so strong and, and I think he says he said at the end when he uh, the recording of him reaching the post box of you know he's got he had to pull on all of his different uh, experiences that he's had in doing sixty four hundred miles before, and you don't get to be able to perform at that level unless you have yeah you know it's like ten thousand miles thing or like or you know you've just got to have done it again and again and again and um and yeah and just know when you get into that pain cave that what it takes to pull you back out how to eat when to eat and all of those uh different nuances of these kind of long long expedition style races but yeah and and we also just showed what a great i mean there's been obviously the article in scmp and you know nugo's even said like you know he pretty much saved his saved his life it was pretty precarious out there uh i think at, at one moment yeah i mean with nugo it's amazing that he even finished right i mean you look at it and he you know sub 60 and despite kind of you know going backwards and stopping and getting lost and hallucinating um i mean that's that's a performance for the ages in itself but yeah i think i think what i mean there's so many things that make it such a special event right but i think the you know the the drama of the event on the day or days is is so unique and you know it doesn't really matter you know we've had breaking 60 and we've had breaking 50 it doesn't really matter does it i mean it doesn't matter that no one broke 50 it doesn't really the times aren't really the point of this and you'll just you just always remember the 2023 edition for you know that time when nugo got lost and tomo had to save him and you know it's just it, it's a it's a really unique uh event to experience i mean you and you you were there firsthand you saw kind of cheering from the sidelines what it was like yeah it was i was on hong kong island so i was following all of the people finishing off the lantau trails are coming out of the mtr and doing the up to park view and then the twins to to Sheko, which is just a brutal part of the course it's so difficult and 
at that point with a hundred miler in the legs and uh, yeah everyone was was that I saw at that point were moving really well and then I saw Nugo and and Tomo as they were taking on the Hong Kong trail part um but uh but yeah it was great just going back and forth and uh and watching I even avoided the twins actually I didn't go that side because I uh, but I kept on saying to them as they were coming through I'm like just 5k to go to finish off the the Wilson and then you've got your team waiting for you yeah. and uh knowing though it's pretty much one of the hardest 5k's in the whole of Hong Kong yeah I'm not I, sure I'm not sure if that counts as support when they know that you don't have, you don't have two more full length trails in your in your future but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there was some uh, obviously incredible performance from Tomo and and support for for Nugo, and we were watching the the dot, and you can go back on hk4tuc.live to actually follow it, but <coughs> and replay. But there's the part going from Taiyo to Nongping where you just see Nugo go backwards, and we were following it at the time. We're like, what's he doing? Where's he going? Is there a problem with his tracker? Why is he going in the wrong direction? And you know, as Tomo said, he's just was disorientated, and then. At that point, when you still got 40k to go off the toughest part of Hong Kong, and at, at one point Andre was like, "Get him off, get him off the course." Like he, at this point, going up sunset when he was going back on fourth, it's like getting down. And there was a team up on the top of Lantau that were just there for support and making sure everyone was okay. They sent them up to sunset to try and bring him da- back down off the uh, off the mountain to to um, to Pak Tamau, which is the um, Tung Chung Road, just to get him off. And uh, but I think of that he found his footing and then carried on and uh, and eventually found it down to Sheko. But um, yeah, two and a half hours after Tomo had finished, and Tomo thought he was in front of him and actually only passed him at Lantau Peak, and obviously hadn't realised he was past him because it was so foggy and misty. Yeah, I mean those videos from the summit are pretty uh, pretty brutal. And, we, and look, he had like a tiny little windbreaker on and obviously Tomo gave him his his rain jacket when they were going um, to Nongping, going up Lantau, but he'd given it back and said, hey, let's race. Um, uh, but yeah, some other incredible performances on the uh, on the day. Yeah, I mean, it's great seeing them of that top 10. I'm trying to count, but like seven, seven are local, which is fantastic. And then your top three with Ryan, his debut, debut at Four Trails, wasn't it? And that's, uh, you know fantastic performance there yeah he'd done the sort of other uh i could like budget version of um uh poor man's version of uh four trails the year before but the one that kind of links them all up in one big loop and so he's done i had actually forgot beforehand that he has done longer um you know the longer distance stuff but uh, once again just a really great great performance and uh and he was he had had some injuries beforehand but he's just so humble he's a machine but he's just so so humble with it and yeah coming in just 25 minutes after Nugo in the end and uh yeah really really good performance but as you say there were some really good um I think it's one of the highest uh, both finisher and survivor rates that we've that we've had and I think Andre said that you know he's going easy on everyone now. I think the the late start didn't really negatively impact people in the end, uh, and I think could have almost helped for the people that were stuck at um, uh, Lamtin um, MTR. Um, is it Lamtin? I always forget the name of the MTR. But the um, but coming across to Hong Kong Island on the Wilson, the fact that they were stopped there and. Andre allowed them to be able to sleep in a car meant they had an enforced rest 
Uh, and in adventure racing, it's a bit like when you have a dark period. It's like if you can't go on to mm-hmm. uh, a white river like at night, you're in forced rest. You bank up sleep, which in very like which often enables you to sort of uh, to just push on when you the course opens again and so i think that would have actually helped the survivor aim yeah and i like what tom had to say about that where he's like well we've got to do the event anyway it doesn't really matter what time it starts and so yeah. not overthinking it and just you know getting on with it yeah yeah but i mean w- witnessing some of the hong kong so you had uh one car kit and um uh, KFC Kevin Kevin um, Kevin Chung um, the, and Alga and Elvis those four were just solid like they were when I saw them out on the trail very focused head down like when we saw them didn't weren't really speaking much saying hello and that was you know you're getting into a mile of distance in so it's understandable but just at that point very focused and I I saw um, a couple of them on the um, yeah, a couple of the final like finishers I was on the MTR um, sorry I was on the ferry over with the next day that were um, yeah like um, KK Chan and, um, the, and another guy that were on the final ferry but very impressive couple of others that I'd like to point out is uh, is Trevor Medding, the guy that came all the way over from Canada, which uh, what a, a incredible performance having never set foot on any part of the Believe trail. It, it? Yeah, he did a really good job. He did have a like, next level support crew. Had, uh, Will Haywood was, uh, was, was guiding him and advising him along the way and him and his family were supporting him along the way. Um, and yeah, good to see, uh, good to see our man Mike Hank. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he'd been he'd, he'd put in a decent training block, hadn't he? But you know, so had plenty of others. Elliot had to withdraw. There was plenty of other people who didn't make it. Yeah, it was a shame about Elliot, but we kind of knew that with COVID beforehand, it was going to be it was going to be tough. And um, yeah, another the kind of non finishers is was Sandy, who she was absolutely flying on the Wilson. And I think a lot of the people struggled on the on the Wilson going over Pats in Lang because yeah, whilst they'd have done the the um McElhose at night doing passing leng during the day and most exposed part of basically the entire course or one of the most exposed and tough part in the middle of the day and it was really hot like the weather in Hong Kong during this event always seems to create loads of challenges uh, but yeah it was a shame because she was looking really good on the Wilson and then towards uh towards the end before you get to the MTR I think she had just pushed it too much that day and had to pull yeah i mean you look at that retiree list and it's pretty much all you know none of them made it past the wilson did they yeah yeah and yeah have to massive shout out to kimmy we're hoping to get her on the podcast but just been uh difficult to on my side to coordinate but um yeah she's uh third time trying and uh yeah comes back both her and tony uh her other half have like attempted quite a few times and she gets it done and uh and once again just was moving solidly when i saw her on on hong kong island and um yeah another impressive uh female survivor um and yeah last but not least i'd love to mention kurt lin who uh i saw him getting over to hong kong island and mentioned beforehand i'd raced against him in adventure racing so he had some really good expedition adventure race experience which i think is it sets you in good stead for this kind of event but when i saw him he, he's recently had a acl like just had an acl surgery last year and when i saw him his other knee he was like screaming in agony going up uh, to nong uh, to uh, park view from the from the mtr hong kong island and he would 
was going along for a bit and then every like and then he would start screaming ah and i was just thinking this guy's got like another 130k to go there's um there's just no way he's going to be able to to do this but man kiwis are made of different stuff aren't they yeah i mean it's just just so many great performances that's the thing isn't it it's just you just watch and, and like there's a there's a story and, he, and you know to be told a film to be made about each one of those people really um it's pretty amazing yeah yeah no it's good fun another incredible year of uh of following the hong kong four trails and uh congrats to to all the people that turned up at the start line and uh and to those that that finished and survived and i'm sure especially after the four trails movie coming out this year there's going to be uh a, a, a big influx of people wanting to take it on again next year um, yeah, we've, we've sort of we've maintained our mandate of making sure at least half of all content on Endurance Asia is Hong Kong Four Trails <laughs> yeah. related. And I'm sure we're going to get more of these people on on soon. I mean, um, yeah, there's there's going to be some uh, some of these people are going to be go on to do some other incredible stuff. But um, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it's good follow. Although I know that Andre wants to kind of keep the number of participants at a similar level, level for next year. So I don't see us. Um, yeah, I think it will, it will stick around the twenty-five to thirty mark. So anyone that is interested, you know, they have to sharpen their pencil and put in a pretty good essay if they uh, if they want to be considered. Yeah, good. Looking forward to watching it next year, mate. Cool. Nice one, Rick. Speak soon. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining cause things ain't that bad.